Be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Moore. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. Welcome to episode number five of the Take with Willie Mason. My name is Ian Byrne and I'm in all sorts tonight because I am staring at a podcast machine. We are in the bunker by ourselves. We have been given instructions on how to use it and William, I don't know if I really listened. <laughs> I hope I sound all right, but uh, no, it's, times are crazy. Um, everybody is, is, is obviously out of their comfort zone and it's it's, it's, it's strange times. That's all I, I find myself doing every every week or every every message. Oh, you know, stay safe. How's your family? You, st- you find yourself reaching out to more people than you actually would, which is um, which is quite funny. I think there is some sort of you know silver lining to this whole thing. You know, I'm the I'm the eternal optimist, but we'll get into that later. Get in. Well, you said last week you can only control the things you can and can't control, which <laughs> which is we, everything. I hopefully, hopefully you come out with some more pearls like yeah. that. We obviously are trying to talk about rugby league, and, yeah. and I, I was a bit concerned that rugby league wasn't providing enough for us to talk about. But I tell you what, in the last forty eight hours, as it always seems to do, there has been plenty happening. So let's go into it sort of one by one. Yeah. Um, First of all, I guess news just to hand is that uh, Canterbury Bulldogs, your old club, have mm. just stood down the two blokes that were involved in that schoolgirl incident. I think probably they are a victim of circumstance because mm. at the end of the day, no one can pay them anyway. Um, it, it, as we said before, it's a bad look, but do you reckon this is probably now just a financial thing? Yeah, I think they're the, probably the only two blokes in the whole of the NRL or Australia that's, that was hoping that was thinking thank fuck for this coronavirus because it, take, it took them um well, it took kids, them off the front page kids because, can't get it i mean <laughs> but guy i mean they would have been going first they would have been front page news every single day for a couple of weeks until until their heads are on a you know on a plateau which it is now and now they can sort of you know just probably be on the fourth page in no one really gives a shit but the bulldogs have made the right decision there um, the NRL too. They've done and the NRL. The NRL. I mean, I think they would have. They would have eventually made this decision, which is the which is the good thing. They, they both should be um, stripped of everything, what they did in the off season. You know, um, I think uh, it's it just, it just sucked what that happened. We've already been through it, but I'm glad that they come to a decision now. Obviously, the coronavirus and everything else that's happening in in the world has taken um, front page. But these guys deserve the. A bit of a fucking hammering right, right Probably now. Probably just forced them back onto the tools a bit quicker than everyone else, to be honest. So <laughs> what uh, – speaking of going back on the tools, I think the big news out of today uh, – well, the big news that's been going on, I guess, is how does the new landscape look in terms of payments, not just to, to, to staffers and to people involved with football clubs, but the players. And the players seem to dominate – I guess most of the news cycles in yep. terms of this. The news that's come out today is that they're going to attempt to cut the salary cap next year by 20 to 40%. Now, you're good mates with, with Clint Newton and I think you've had a bit of a word yeah. with him today because you're good at research. Mm. But um, can you shed any light on, on where things are up to? Yeah, I mean, Nudo's been at the at the forefront, at the coalface of this whole, this whole thing. He wait, he's told me he wakes up at like 6 o'clock, he doesn't get home till about 11 o'clock at night which he's just flat out in meetings and doing with these idiots. Um, 
it's it's a bit crazy. I think at the start of the week, it, what, what was it, eighty seven percent? Obviously, that was a load of shit because that's all it sells papers. Eighty seven percent. I think realistically, you know, the players will cop maybe fifty percent, maybe a little bit less. They've been paid, I think, six months payment. So. Was it November, December, January, February, March? They've had six months already. If they can get another two or three guaranteed, which the NRL, NRL are, and clubs are going to do that, so that's they, they might be able to pocket out of pocket for about four months of pay, and that's the that's the four months of pay. That's when it's going to get deducted, about forty percent. So nothing's going to go on to next year. So all the bullshit in the paper. If you read the fine print, it's it's not as severe as it's, as what. It prints out to be because the players are just going to have to cop a loss like everyone else. Everyone the whole else. world is fucking bleeding. And I don't think there's been any player or anyone in sports in Australia that's whinging about anything. It's just about sort of coming to a common ground with everything and what the, what the players can get and what they can't get. Players know that they're in a, in a predicament which is like no other and they just they just have to roll with it because it's it's unprecedented times and you know it's it's, it's, just, well, let, it's just, let's be honest anyone who complains about individual circumstances it's hard at the moment, they're not going to do it deaf. like you come out and you say oh look at me woe is me i was earning a million bucks and now i'm not like at the end of the day everyone's hurting everyone with this. is copping a loss i think uh today which i i didn't know about but the nrl's actually come out with a 2.5 million dollar payment to each club um, I don't know how much of that is, is is money that they normally get anyway, but I mean two point five million bucks. Considering virtually every single club now has stood down, the vast majority of people involved mm. with that club, two point five million bucks should get them through for three or four months. And yeah. I think they're talking now about a start of first of July, and if they can't start on first of July, first of September, yeah. and then play through to December. What? I mean, how much training are these blokes doing? Just say, for example, they're starting on 1st of July. Yeah. How many of these blokes are out on the piss? Not out on the piss because yeah. there's nowhere to go. But you Do more damage indoors. I mean, yeah, exactly. Are they behind closed doors with the pizzas and the coffee I hope table? not. I think um, just knowing what, what's going on behind the scenes a little bit and hoping you know, with, with – um, you know the the option to go to was it is it Tang, Tangaluma Resort that bloke was coming on last night, and we had the, we spoke about this last week, and I think the NRL is the only sport in the world that can actually pull this off. It's you know it's it's all about getting those players into that one spot, in onto that resort. It's an island. It's been said, and they. I reckon if they can get all the 16 teams, you get New Zealand over here, you get Melbourne up, and we get New South Wales over the border, and we hang on this island for about maybe a month, I reckon, of football. But we get – so we get everybody and we got two weeks of quarantine, isn't that right? So yeah, about yeah. four weeks of training, and I reckon just maybe – I reckon in two months we could get the NRL up and running. If they have the, if the meetings go well with the ministers and everything like that, obviously you got to, there's a lot of red tape to cut. But all through other sports, um, you know, the Premier League's trying to, to – trying to, um, EPL, which is the biggest soccer league in the world, they're trying to do that exact same thing and bring it all in the Midlands and play it at these really random grounds. No crowds. The NBA is trying to do it. They're trying to get everybody in Vegas. Imagine that. Oh, also, play. can you imagine if you're in the English <laughs> Premier League and you're earning $26 billion a week Yeah, and you cop a 50% pay cut? That's like the GDP of a small nation. Yeah, they like don't We're care. talking about blokes here... You, you know, know, look, it's it's difficult the whole world it's around. All, yeah, it's all about just set, centralized locations. Like China's trying to do it. You know, every every single major league Wuhan? is, is trying. Yeah, everyone's problems? going to Wuhan. Apparently, that's an unbelievable there. place to go. No crowds. So I just think 
Um, I think if if anybody can do it, it's the NRL. If they can go to the if they can go to the powers that be and just say, look, we can quarantine every single player. We test every single player. Everyone passes. Maybe I'm not sure about families and I'm not, obviously not friends, but family, immediate family. That that might be something they've got to look at. But these players need to have it like take this sacrifice. And just deal with it because this, this is, as I said, this is uncharted territory for anyone, for everyone. And use it like it's, I don't, I don't know, like, like you're trying to, you're saving the league pretty much. Like yeah, if for you're sure. a play, If you're a player, you just got to use that as a bit of power going, fuck, you know what I mean? Like this whole, everybody is relying on this group of players from 2000, from 2020 to bring back the NRL. Because if, if they don't commit to this. And it's and something happens and the game goes like fuck like just because you didn't want to commit to like I don't know six months of your life, I think it, the game is big. It's it's it supersizes everybody the game and it's humanized the whole world. But if 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 it just sort of comes across like I'm just trying to say to you and you just sort of think that you you know you're saving the game, a lot of players will do that shit. Of course they would. I just think I think um, if you just they're not just saving the game. At the end of the day, they're saving themselves because that's their source because, of exactly. income. Exactly. It's just like, okay, so would you want to play? Do you want to play or you don't want to play? Okay, you can sit at home and do nothing or get to your fucking island, do what you're told, just fucking sacrifice yourself. This is obviously just paraphrasing lame, in layman's terms. This is what you've got to do. You get, get tested, fucking just sacrifice yourself from your family, all that kind of stuff, and just for the greater good because next year the game will go back to normal. They'll be remembered for fucking 100 years, these kids, for two, that, from, from 2020. Mm. Remember the 2020 guys? Remember they sacrificed their whole fucking life for six months and then they, 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 they got the game back? Do you know what I mean? It's going to be folklore. You know? it's, it's, it's ridiculous these times we live in, but I just think if they do do this, it never will be forgotten. So basically what you're saying is that if these blokes go and live in luxury on Tangaluma Island... Then they'll be remembered. Okay, that's good. But look, no. look, they get, they go there. They get, a, they get a ship. They get a like a ferry, a ferry every day. They go to the mainland. They play. They train. All that sort of stuff. They're isolated from everybody. So if you sold that to the the ministers or whatever the health ministers, what, what's the problem? You are not talking to anybody else. And if you can do that for three or four months and everything eases off and you can bring the crowds back into it, obviously then that means uh, that means the other clubs will be start whinging because that means if you can if you're at Suncorp the whole time. Everybody's coming to Suncorp. Broncos are winning. You know what I mean? They're winning financially. If you if you go that, that's a little bit of red tape you got to cross. But we need to get to that. We can't afford to be sitting on the sidelines for six months. And we are the only sport, as I said, I echoed before, we're the only sport that could probably get away with this right now. So I would be doing everything I could if I was the NRL, and I'm pretty sure they are. And I, they'd be they'll be sitting there in meetings trying to go. We can do this. We can do this. This and this. AFL can't do it. Cricket can't do it because you're, you're crossing too many borders. There's too many players. Too many logistics. NBA can't do it. Same thing. China can't do it. EPL can't do it. The NRL can do it. So because it's so what you're saying essentially because it's such domestic comp. Yes, like it's the a- NRL National Rugby League, but it's pl- fucking played on the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Let's see. Get New Zealand over, quarantine for two weeks. Obviously, if you cross borders right now, so every New South Wales team go back into Queensland, quarantine for two weeks. Melbourne, same same sort of thing. All private airplanes. This is this is very doable. I this- like, if I sold this, if you didn't know anything about a fucking game or NRL or anything, if I sold this to you, if you're the health minister, what would you say? If, like, I, if I was a health minister, I would be that bored because there is nothing to watch, and I would be supporting. Can you put it on the fucking yes. anything? Something. Someone actually said the other day, you don't like ice hockey, why don't you start following a team in ice hockey and watch all of the games and then 
watch last year's games mm. and then it's like watching new games. I've got a question for you. I've got I'm a desperate. For you. So just say the players have to take a pay cut. You know, like just say 45%, 50%. Just say, you're, just say yeah, like just say if you're a, a DCE hunt, Taumalolo, big dogs, you know, 1.2, 1.3 mil. Then you've got the lower, lower case. It's like 100,000. 100, Should they have to take that pay cut that the bigger dogs do to make it even? Do you know what I mean? Or, or do you self-sacrifice and go, all right, all right, kid, I'll take the fucking full 50 for the five months or four months so you don't have to. Like, I mean, as a player, if you, if you throw that to me, if I was at the top of, the, top of my game, I would do that. Mate, to be honest, watching – look, rugby league's a microcosm, I get that, but watching the way society has responded to this crisis and watching people stabbing each other in supermarkets for fucking shit of paper, I, I, look, if rugby league could manage to organise that, then mm. the, I would have more respect for the players for doing that than yeah. I would for the general members of society you know at the that? So we'll L- see. Self-interest. Lionel, you know, Lionel Messi took 70% pay cut. So he only I know, I know, I know he's, I know, I know that he's on. He earns, I don't know, like just ridiculous amounts, millions and millions. But it's seventy percent of his pay cut to save the Barcelona employees, hmm. like Ronaldo and some of his players at Juventus sacrificing a hundred million dollars, eleven million dollars of his own money, regardless of how much how much they earn. It's still that sacrifice they are willing to take for the greater for for those guys that they. That, as I said, I know how to what builds a rugby league team. It's all the little people. It's all the strapping. It's all the people that all the time you go to fucking train. You got all your washing. Everything's everything is there. You know what I mean? Like it's not. That's what that's what it is to be a pro, and that's you've earned that sort of right. Yeah, and it's look. It's but, a toss up. It's a toss up. And, and I'm like, because at like, the end of the day, I think individual legacy is important too. And it, mm. and if your individual legacy is that you gave away a lot of your own to support others. Well, that mm. legacy is more important than, than playing 100 Origins, to be honest. But I think um, right now I think it's it's very important just as a society. Like I just think in in times like this, it's I think a lot of people look at you how you react and how you actually handle your shit. Like just say with all the bullshit going on in, uh, in Australia at the moment, with the toilet paper buying, with the selfishness, with all this bullshit, still people still training outdoors. Like people – like I, I always think like how – like how I'd be remembered in, in times of like hardship, you know. Like if I was this selfish prick that was just going to go on and go do, do the toilet paper thing, do all this sort of stuff, still train, not really care about this social distancing, all that kind of stuff – People are going to remember that and remember that you're such a fucking idiot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's important as a society right now, especially, I mean, I go for a walk. I go for a walk every day. I'm still in the streets, you know. I'm still in the eastern suburbs. I go for a walk and, you know, it's just it's just really weird. I mean, Roger Fabry is one of the best sprint coaches, a really close friend of mine. Guys like Trent Langlands, Mark Mitchell, all these guys, they've got businesses. They run businesses and it's like... It's costing them money not to have classes. And I just walked past. I was in, I was in Latham Park in South Coogee. I was walking yesterday. And Roger Fabry's doing his uh, training a bloke just one-on-one, a one-on-one session. He doesn't do one-on-one sessions. He's about fucking 20 or 30 people at his sessions. Yeah. And, you know, like he's, so, he's sacrificing. He's social distancing. I come in there. I don't even shake his hand. I usually give the guy a hug. I mean, like even us, like I walk in here now, we're – we're sitting even, far apart, and we're even, doing we're doing the right thing. I'm trying to do the right thing because I look I look at it in my mentality is like I'm still in a sort of team, but it's like fucking whole world. 
And I'm, I hate it when I see people not doing the right thing. It pisses me off. Like, mm. in part, I'm like, I see people try and shake my hand and get a photo, all this sort of shit. Like, I don't fucking... You know what I'm like? I'll take a photo with fucking anyone. I've I'll never shake, seen... I've I'll genuinely never hand. seen anyone give more time. I'd shake, I'd shake anyone's hand and I'm like... Are you, are you, you're not reading the fine print or something, you know? Oh, can you get a photo of my kid? All this sort of but shit. But even now you go and stand a metre and a half behind them like, so they can And I said, they the go, photo. can you, like, so I'm doing a session with Rog. I walk out and I say to him, oh, do you, do you mind if I get a photo with you? With, kids don't even fucking know who I am. They're like six years old. They couldn't give a fuck about me. You know what I mean? They're going, who the fuck's this big idiot? And like, the kids are standing there on their fucking playing on their phones and shit. I swear I'd love to see the photo because I'm about two metres back in the background looking like a dick. I'm like, holy fuck. That's that's the leadership that they're getting from their parents. Yeah, you know that's that's, pretty, that's eastern suburbs bullshit. Yeah, like I'm just like I don't want to put eastern suburbs in that in that bracket. But like, why are we doing that? Like, it's like we're, 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 I'm going past parks. It's great. We're seeing I'm seeing people play like frisbee with their dad and riding bikes and shit like that. Like it's great. It's great kicking footies and all that all that kind of stuff. With, when you're with your dad, that's cool because it's it's a family sort of thing. But like, don't personally train seven people, man. Like yeah. right in front of me. And like, think that's cool because like, when 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 can we as a society and as as people just around this sort of area? I'm not sure what's happening in Newcastle. I'm not sure what's happening anywhere else in Australia. But I'm pretty sure they're abiding by the rules because everybody who's messaging me from Melbourne, from Brisbane, going, "What's the fuck's wrong with you people?" Well, we 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 live in what is now the coronavirus hotspot. We're in, in a fucking hotspot. Waverley got Waverly. done over over hundred cases. This is right behind us. Yeah, and so essentially, what what that is, it's a combination of filthy backpackers who don't mm. care, and a combination also of people that are from affluent areas travelling overseas and then coming back and not isolating. And it's it's disappointing, but you know, and the, the hard thing as well is that it affects. You know, you talk about businesses. I, I've got very dear friends of mine that have got a restaurant down in Bondi called mm. Drake and, and, you know, they've got to now redo their whole business model. They've got to set people down and, you know, all I can say, and you're probably the same, go out, support local business, do yeah. what you can because at, at the end of the day, if you want these businesses to be here when all this is over, you've got to support yeah. them now. Everybody's hit hard. I mean, like, just, I think there's a, like I said, my, my silver lining to a lot of things is like because social media has really connected everybody but it's disconnected everyone at the same time. Like now, the only the only bonus I can see is these fam- is is these families connecting with each other again. The dad coming home, he's not he's not he's not working. He's spending time with his family. The mum doing stuff. He's they're homeschooling their kid. Like I spoke to Brad Boren, uh, ex Bulldogs player of mine. He's got a kid, little boy. Uh, he just started high school, and he's like, like so the mum and dad they've got to homeschool this kid, and the dad's like. Um, Gives him like he's, he's Moz is like thirty eight. He's a knockaround bloke. You met him before, and he's like he's trying to teach his kids just little like life lessons. Like, all right, when you approach your mum, if you say X, Y, and Z, that'll get you pretty much detention. Or if you approach it like this, you'll get away with you'll get away with it, and you'll be in a better mood. Your mum will be in a better mood. So little things like life skills and all these kind of things, prices at this time. When he was telling me when he was telling me this afternoon, I was like, that's pretty cool, man. Like you get to teach your kid because he's not going to learn that shit at school. No. How to approach people, how to talk to people in different in different mannerisms. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. All these little things you can sort of say on the run as a parent, but you get to teach your kid right now at home. All this all this sort of time is so is so precious. You, know, you get, I mean, you get to work. You got to work every day. At the pharmacy, but sadly, you, I'm classified. I know, as but you're classified. But you're, him, a fucking so pi- still- you're a pillar of this fucking community, so you need to do this shit. Yeah, no, and I'm happy to do you it. I mean, Finn, that's, like, but Finn, when you go home, he need, he needs to still learn off his dad. Yeah, 
You know, like you're still doing all this kind of stuff. He can come in here, he can do this. So there's a lot of, there's a silver lining to society that we can, we can still get along with all this other bullshit going on. We can't, this conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. We've been down the rabbit hole about three billion times a day. Mm. But I just know as a society, we just, I don't know, we can get through this. It is really. Stop being a fucking idiot. It's a microcosm. Just stay at home. Such a small period of time. Just stay at home, and I just, I just don't understand. Well, you know, and it is one of those things where people, the longer you, the longer you delay the inevitable. You're with, you're at the coalface of people's bullshit because people come in here and they try and like listen. Oh, Ian, what about this? What about that? How do you deal with that shit? Look, I think from my perspective, it's just it, it really is about managing people's anxiety and, and, and just explaining to people, look, it's not that you just walk past someone in the street and all of a sudden you've got coronavirus. Mm. You can't catch it like cooties when you're in year four. You know, it's one of those things where if you wash your hands properly, if you are doing all the things that you can, don't touch your face, wash your hands regularly, stay away from people. Close contact means 15 minutes. So mm. we're, we're not in close contact I've had five now. showers today. It's ridiculous. How do you still smell? Do you know what? Interestingly, <laughs> I'm sitting over here and I can actually smell my feet. So wow, I'm glad that there's a 1.5 metre distance because I don't know why, but my feet stink. I think probably that's one of the signs of coronavirus <laughs> and you're about to get it. But look, overall, I think people just need to be kind to each other. We just need to um, understand that the sooner this is over, the sooner it is. You know what's really everyone. weird as a society? We've become very xenophobic. You, you, you believe that? Because I was in Coles the other day. This poor Asian woman was just doing her own thing, stacking shelves and shit. This older sort of dude, she's probably about 60, like absolutely tore shreds off her because she was Asian. And people just, like, you know, just that talk of like, just that underbelly of racism again. I'm like, fuck, ease up. You know what I mean? It's, it's probably a third generation Australian woman or whatever. But it's like, it's very, it's right on that, it's, it's right on the edge. You see a lot of things on, you know, obviously they put all, all the bullshit on uh, social media and all that kind of stuff, which is all the, the when people lose their shit. But like, I can feel it around here, you know what I mean? It's just like, look, Maroubra Junction, I'm always around there. And there's just a lot of Asians people around there. A lot of love for everybody, but I can just feel the tension when I'm walking. Everyone's sort of just on that fucking edge. And I was there and this, like, this guy just absolutely just give this Asian lady the biggest roast thing. I said, he's, he's up, mate. She has nothing to do with this. All she's trying to do is stack fucking shells so you can buy stuff. You know, what? I, just, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't like it as people and I'm just like, we're better than that. But obviously not because this brought out the fucking worst in people and people are pieces of shit at the moment. Well, we, I used to be xenophobic but you're from Newcastle and we're friends so I've obviously got over that. Well, one of the good news stories that came out of last week for us was the fact that Ned's had jumped on board um, obviously with your pre-existing relationship mm. with them but they've jumped on board in terms of trying to help us to bet our way to some gear for a, a club. And I'll be honest, since the NRL has stopped, uh, we've had one go on the horses and we're... <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm gonna, hey, PK, you better give me some decent mail, mate, because I reckon it was dodgy as hell. My Well, my horse Investigation fourth. for fourth. sure. So I was close okay. to <laughs> How'd yours go? I didn't say that. Fourth. 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 Oh. Good run. Should have won Do you two. get a ribbon for fourth place? You don't get anything <laughs> from what I've found out. Uh, so we're going to ring. We've got Jared from Ned's. Now, Jared is apparently some sort yeah. of betting guru. Mm. Uh, what I'm going to do, Will, uh, because obviously I don't know anything about this podcaster thing, I'm going to ring him. We're going to put on these headsets and I then- I can hear you so much clearer. What? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to ring Jared. Hang on. And we'll see what Jared has to say. 
Here he is. It's Jared. Hey, Jared. How you going? G'day, guys. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Mate, we're going okay. Now, what we have uh, decided to do is we're going to ring you. We had, ever since the NRL has finished, we, we're we struggling with things to bet on, mm. to be honest. And we, we've started up a thing, as you're well aware, where we're trying to bet our way to some gear for some clubs. Yeah. And we're none from one so far, Jared. And we have heard that you, my friend, are the new guru. Well, that's fantastic. I like that. Uh, look, I suppose we should probably have a week and see how we go with yeah. this. But, uh, You're on notice. Next week, let's start calling me the guru. Oh God, I hope so. I think it's it's terrible. I mean, I'm not a mass. I don't I don't gamble on many things. I know a little bit about rugby league because obviously that was my yep. forte. But now it's awful. I, I, I mean. I know a little bit about horse racing because I've got some friends that know a little bit about horse racing. But, mate, what have you? How have you found everything with with all these bet with all these sports? They're they're not going on, obviously. What you, what is to bet on, obviously, other than racing? Yeah, well, it's obviously been pretty less than ideal. It's certainly been the case for everyone. All we can do is really ride it and just come out stronger the other side. Certainly, look, we we personally experienced a big spike in our novelty market so far, pretty much within reason. Pretty much, if you can name it, we've got a market on it. These last few weeks, we've actually seen a pretty big spike in things like eSports. Wow. Uh, not not my bag, not something that I was particularly sort of in the know of either, but uh, yeah, boy, boy, we are seeing some spike in eSports. Table tennis. Table tennis, oh my God. One. Talk, oh, me, yeah. through, talk yeah. me through eSports, Jared. What is, what is an eSport? Is this that well, online that, stuff? Is that online, Jared? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, because been, all the NBA players are all playing that 2K and stuff. You can actually bet on that in daytime. Like all the NASCAR, all the NASCAR drivers are, are driving like they've got their own booth at home. Is that right? And they and people can bet on it. Really? The Yanks are crazy, mate. They can bet on anything. Can I get 100 bucks on Pornhub? <laughs> <laughs> hey, mate, i just yeah. come up with an idea before, Jared, with uh, all our NRL players going to Tangaluma Resort and trying to get um, – obviously, it's been in the papers a little bit and in in the news, but what would it mean to to gambling if the NRL can get kick-started in about six, week, six weeks? What would it mean to Neds? I mean, like, just the spike in gambling, obviously, within the last couple of weeks with eSports. Imagine if we had some real sport going on. What would happen? Yeah, well, I mean, it would obviously be huge. It's less than – like I said before, it's absolutely less than ideal uh, to not have a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. It sucks. Going on. I think, yeah, look, certainly, and, and NRL is a huge one for us, obviously. Everyone loves mm. footy. Uh, yeah, it'd be huge. Obviously, it would be absolutely massive. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed, even something like that can get going. Do you know what? It's fu- it is funny, Jared, because I, I sit at home on weekends now, and, and obviously sport's a massive part of my life, you know, yeah. originally as a player and now obviously as, as someone who just enjoys watching it. And oh, I just struggle. I struggle without – not saying that I would bet all the time because, you know, yeah. I wouldn't, but – You bet responsibly, don't you? I do, but you don't have the option, you know, and that's – it's funny because it, it's sort of part of the fabric of Australian culture, really, to have a beer and a bet on a weekend. Or just to watch some sort of footy, whether it be NRL or AFL, soccer, cricket, especially at this time you just got – you're inundated with sports, even if American sports, NFL – is just about to start in a couple of months. Like the NBA's full swing, ice hockey, everything like that, soccer, EPL, La Liga, Serie A, everything's happening and it's just gone bang. Everything's so done. Just just to clarify, are we on the same team here, Jared? Because obviously if we win, then <laughs> yeah. technically yeah. Ned's loses. So well, yeah. are you going to help us here? Or are House you always say, wins, mate. Are you going to – 
So, I, look, I, my, my, I like this weekend, I like yeah. Castelvecchio and Pierrata. Right, okay. Do you like them as single bets? No, like I'm taking them, them as a double because I oh, really right, okay. want I, – I need. we need to get back on track because it's been average. Of course. Yeah, okay. Well, that's going to be huge if you pull that one off. Castelvecchio, very classy horse, probably the class horse of this Australian derby field. I just wonder if his pet trip is going to prove to be the 2,000 metres, though. He's untested over this mile and a half. But, uh, look, Ian, so far the uh, the punters are agreeing with you. It's $3.50 into $2.90 to win this thing. What? See, William, I know yeah. lots of things. Yeah, Many I'm things, nervous. I know. What's, my, what, you, what's mine? Mine's awful. What about Pierrata? Pierrata, yeah, another good horse. Just doesn't really know how to run a bad race this one. He did need that run in the Galaxy a couple of weeks ago. But uh, that was off a pretty decent spell. He did all of his best work late. You can have $9 for him just to win at the moment. I, I personally think he's going to need to really pull out a career best run here, though. This TJ Smith field is absolutely stacked. It is. Uh, it's a but, good field. Yeah, yeah. It's, for those two horses at the moment, though, it's $26 combined in one bet for a win. There you I go. actually like, of, of what you, you've tipped there, I actually like Castle Vecchio to win $8.12 with Pierrata to run a place. I think that is a that's, far more. All right. You know what? That's well, a safer bet. That's a safer bet, Jared. I like that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Williams, well, well, I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that advice. And honestly, yeah. at this stage of the guru, and that could change very, very quickly because <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you have taught me out of this and the other one wins, then you're in strife, yeah. big guy. But yeah. Williams also got a tip. Now, William has. Uh, well, his his knowledge isn't great, but he does have a lot of dodgy friends, <laughs> and so one of his dodgy friends has thrown him a tip here. So right. tell us what you think. Is it too too big for E? Race, race two, race three, Sydney race three, oh, race three, race three. Have dollars on it. Have dollars on it. Sorry, what was it called again? Say that again. Too big fari. The F A R I. In race three. Uh, oh, too big fari. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the country. I think my mate who gave me the tip is dyslexic because he's giving me the worst. The the typing is awful. Yeah, or you're right, reading. Okay, no, no. So did you say we're you like this one? We're on the right track here now. Look, this is the country championships final. It's the only non-black site race of the day. And to win your way into this race, you have to be trained outside of the city and the provincial uh, circuit, essentially. Now this thing, I'm having a look at the form now. This thing's won its last three starts. I thought so. Uh, we're taking $8 for the win, $2.80 for the place here at the moment. It has absolutely drawn the car park, though. Uh, it's a capacity field. This thing's jumping from barrier 20. Um, oh, it's in the grandstand. Yeah, it's in the yeah, grandstand. Well, the he doesn't will. care. He wants it. He we're wants looking it at about five, yeah, look, we're looking at about $5 a field for this at the moment, though. And given the you know the conditions of this race, it's an absolute dark board. I think it's a winning chance. I don't hate that at all, to be honest. Okay. $8, $2.80 for the place. All right. Well, there let's we go, go Jared. Well, let's. <laughs> so we're on for this week, uh, mate. It's been wonderful to talk to you. We really appreciate your support, and um, I know you're probably hoping we lose, but we're hoping we win yeah, because sure we really want to be able to give these uh, these clubs some some gear at the end of the oh, year. What's been we're a difficult year? On your side for these ones, yeah. Absolutely. And thank you very much for all the support you've given us, Jared. It means a lot. Thanks, Jared. Cheers, mate. Not at all, guys. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Good luck this weekend. You too, brother. Thanks, mate. Cheers. All right. See ya. See ya. We've had some advice from an expert here. So if you are going to gamble, make sure that you do so responsibly because it's a smart thing to do. (laughs) All right. Well, that was Jared on the phone there. William, that was our first discussion with the expert. 
Uh, he's not a bad bloke. Yeah, well, he knows a hell of a lot more than me. I'm Does awful. he? No, I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. Like, being honest, this is a difficult time for everyone. And, and the mm. way Neds have supported us with this, I mean, we're, we're, we're probably not – Massive punters in a general sense, but it is really nice that you know the quickest way for us to try and make some cash is to is to bet on some things yeah, and, and win well, away. It's for, so. a good, it's for a good cause. I mean, we're going to find a club, and it's going to be worth it. So, um, you know, Ned's, thank you very much for your support, and um, hopefully, we can get some rugby league back on the TV so we can start betting properly. Well, you're two from two from rugby league, and yeah, I'm, I'm killing it in rugby league, and I'm none from three yeah. all up. So, anyway, I think I might need Jared's help going <laughs> forward. All right, so do you want to do a kangaroo story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mexico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just. No, I won't bring the low riders. We'll just go on. We'll go. We'll go. Yeah, all right. William, we have said from the start that we're really enjoying the engagement on social media that we're getting, and and obviously everyone, we'd really like you to follow us on. All of the podcast things and, and make sure you get on our socials. We've got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we've got all the big ones. And uh, mm. I'm, do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Well, on Instagram, I'll tell you what, there's been a few people that have engaged with us. Is that the correct? That, I think that's the correct term. Correct term. No one's slid into my DMs engaged. yet. But, uh, They're all sliding into my DMs. A lot yeah. a lot to do with the kangaroo tails. This is Well, mate, what do you got? What do you got for us? Well, I got a heap. They're going to continue, continue. Can you please tell more? I mean, obviously, I can't tell the whole thing, so you can just use your imagination. But so I'll go. I'll fast forward a little bit. I'll rewind and then fast forward from 2003 to 2005. Same sort of similar gang, but we're 25 years old, so we're a couple more years more mature. Um, I'm not really going to name the players that I went with, but at that time, Hurricane Katrina just hit. So we're sitting. I think uh, we're trying to organise this trip. We're in the uh, Four Nations or World Cup, whatever you call it, and we're trying to win the final, but we're 25 years old. We're trying to organise how we're going to get where we stopping or where we stopping on the way home. Mm. So obviously 2003, we stopped here, there, whatever. You know, usually the the traditional sort of way was go through the US, hit Mexico, go Hawaii, chill out, and then come home. So it was all paid for. Like the NR, uh, the ARL used to pay for it, all business flights, first class, whatever. So it was all it was all good. Just got to get to the airport which is, sounds a lot easier than said. Um, but so 2005, we are um, in a midst, in, if you're in New Orleans or anything like that, uh, Hurricane Katrina, and we booked flights to go to Cancun. None of us have been to Cancun before. So five, five, uh, so myself and four other players. Um, and For those people who don't know, Cancun is probably one of the greatest yeah, party Cancun, destinations yeah, yeah, in yeah. Mexico. If you want to go, if you want to have a good time, relax, and just sort of unplug from all the bullshit season. That this is why you usually do it, is because you just had a whole preseason from November, and it's pretty much a whole. No, it's been a year, and you and you just finished. When you're in that sort of rep scene, you, it's 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 relentless. When you're in Cancun, did you get coronavirus? No, anyway, I'm not finished. Coronavirus. So yeah, I did get a coronavirus there. Um, so it got canned. So we're like, um, what are we going to do? What, what the fuck are we going to do? So we're just like the guy who was leading the whole thing and he was, org- I mean, not leading it, but organising. I said, where are we going? And he goes, all right, we'll go to this place called Carbo. Well, where the fuck is Carbo? Like no, one even, no one knew where Carbo, no one even heard of Carbo. So this is back before the Kardashians and all these wankers fucked it all up for everybody. Um, 
So we're just going, okay, we'll go, we'll go to Carbo. So we, we just had a three-dayer. So we, we played on the Saturday in, in, uh, in Leeds. We got beat, first, first team to get beat. But you were too busy booking Carbo. Oh, no, it wasn't. A, we, got, we got a beat down from New Zealand. It was a proper one. They fucking they give it to us. I don't, give a, I don't care if you talk about like, um, you know, if we had players out or anything like that. No, they, they, they give it to us. It was, it was a smash up. Um, so we're like, uh, we're not going to be the first fucking people to come home in Australia. Let's book so we don't have to get off the flight and get embarrassed by, wow, you're the first Aussie team to get fucking beat. We're like, no, nah, fuck that. We're going to go to Mexico. So, so we get, we end up going to, going to Cabo. So we just had the Saturday, Sunday, woke up Monday. Yeah, woke up Monday. So we're like, fuck, we've got to go to the airport. We've got to go to Gatwick. It was like an hour and a half. We're running late. <laughs> it was bullshit. So we're on the flight. Bang. Next minute, wake up. We're in Cabo. Van picks us up. Go out there. And it's going through the desert. I'm not sure if anyone's been to Cabo. Going through the desert. It's like, it's like fucking three o'clock in the morning. No one even knows the time. We get to the, we get to, the, we get to, I, I mean, I can go into all these, you know, in-depth stories, but fast forward a little bit, go straight to the hotel. It's crazy. We didn't even know what the hotel looked like. Dumped our stuff. Let's go get something to eat. We've had a gut full of piss and just, we're done. So we go to the, we go to the uh, restaurant. Boom. They put a fucking party hat on you. I've never been to Mexico. Sombrero. And you've got a fucking skull. You got a sombrero. you got a skull. Yeah, sombrero. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Can you get it off me? No, no, no. Bang. Tequilas for everyone. Everyone's it's a big just like, yeah. yeah, it was massive sombrero. So all the boys, then jelly shots, jelly shots. Next minute, we're like 10 deep. We're like, oh, we're back. We only went out for something to eat. And then we end up at some joint in some, some nightclub, <laughs> some nightclub. End up pretty much calling it even that night. Going, okay, go home. And then we just went hard as hell the next day. We didn't know that we these band that we had was was free. It was all inclusive: free lunch, breakfast, alcohol, dinner, twenty four seven. It was ridiculous. We're all twenty five years old, so we're going. We 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 end up meeting with some crazy sort of Mexican dudes, and I'm in I'm in the back. We were in these back streets. I thought we we're going to get killed. One hundred percent, we were going to get killed. And it was myself in the back of this um this uh, this Impala if anyone knows their cars and it was it was playing all this gangster music and stuff and we went to a real dodgy looking house and I was like wow this is this is the end I said you're going to you're going to go here you're 25 years old and pretty much at the peak of your career but you know what me and like three mates we went in there said hello and then we went back out and we're going can you can you drop us back home and these guys had guns they had everything <laughs> And we're sitting there. Narcos, Mexico Yeah, style. it was, it was. And they go, yeah, no worries, big boy. Drove us back to the hotel. He goes, we'll be here all week. We'll look after you. So because we were Aussies and they, were, and they didn't really like, they thought we were like a big uh, white Americans, just your typical Yanks. Once they found out we were Aussies, they loved us. Obviously, you can fill the fucking blanks in if you've got half a brain. Um, but so we, 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 these guys protected us all the time in, in Cabo. We could do what we wanted. To, we had all, all respect, everything like that. But like they looked after us. But we were at this house, man. We are going down these dirt streets. And I'm just looking at my boy next to me. I'm going, we're fucked here. This is the wrong move. The wrong move. This is like two days into it. I'm like, damn. Now we fucked up here. But, dude, give us a lift home. His name was Jimmy. I still got his number. 
<laughs> his name is Jimmy. We used to ring him up on the piss and call him all the time and he still answers his phone. I swear to God, he's still got the same number. Or maybe not. I think he's his 10th number. You but we look, stayed in contact. I look, look half Mexican, bro. I, thought, I swear Mexican. to God, he goes, you're all big bulked up Mexican. You look a bit Mexican. But he looked after us all the time. Every day, like you come in and you just, you know, it was ridiculous. It was one of those places, man, you just got to experience for yourself. I mean, that band got us everywhere in all these clubs and we'd party at the, at the hotel and then we'd go to the beach and it'd be the same shit. We'd have fucking 20 Coronas and then they'd give us the keys to the jet ski. Go as far as you can. And then I found out on Shark Week, that's where they film all the fucking sharks in Mexico. I'll tell you <laughs> I'll tell you what, for your 40th, let's go meet Jimmy. Oh, my God. It's on. One thing that we've talked about in the last little bit, the NRL apparently spend upwards of $180 million Mm. a year. Yeah, I know. Now, there's got to be fat there, hasn't there? I can't believe that. I mean, I heard that that sort of price range today. It's like, what what are you doing? That's just on uh, salaries and... And everything that comes to do with running the NRL. I mean, Does that include the players as well? No, or is that just no, nothing. That's just that's just running staff? the NRL staff. Like so if if all clubs like I just I see like the, the head coach from Newcastle, he's just got his dream job, he's led the Knights into in two victories. Now he's at Centrelink. You know, like um coaches from Parramatta, Brad Arthur, all these guys have got to go back to their normal job, like not to a normal job, to some sort of normality. No job. Trying to, no job, exactly. Yeah, no job. Yeah. You know, I was speaking to, to GI the other day. No job. Hmm. He just took, he's took, like they could have said, he could have went, okay, can pay me my one and a half mil that you owe me. No, 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 we're restructured over six years. We'll give you 300,000. He's got no, he hasn't got anything coming in right now. He's one of the ones. It's. it's it, I mean, you, know, you look got, at that. Obviously, he's had a great career. He's had a great career, and he deserves whatever is happening in the in the next couple of years. But that has gone to a stop. What happens to Sam Burgess comes to a stop. You know, all these players that are medically retired is all going to be coming to a stop. Yeah, like that is that's it's. And if you haven't been smart with your money, like this is what this is what I worry about with with some of these players. I know what the fuck you're doing when you're 22 years old or 23 or 24. Whatever, you are not saving your money. You're not saving your money every week. You're not putting it into, into um, any investments, any, like, any, any real estate, anything like that. And this is where accountability needs to come back onto managements, player managers, your favourite people. But well, I'm just saying, like, just, it needs, it, they, they need to take some accountability because some of these kids are going to have nothing. They live pay, paycheck to paycheck. They go out, they do this kind of, they do whatever they want to do, they spend it, they, they give money to, to whatever, churches, they give money to their parents, they do whatever, but they're not living like they should be. And, and it's going to come thing, to a fucking complete halt right now. You think, Will, like all of these player managers, they, they, get, they say straight away to players, go out and buy units. You go and buy, here's, here's, they get little kickbacks off the plan, they buy these units, all of a sudden these players have got massive, you know, mortgage repayments. What mm. happens there? You know what yeah. I mean? Like they can't afford these mortgages. They're gonna to have to yeah. sell the joints. What happens when? I mean, it's all right when you, you know, DCE and and Ben Hunt and all these guys on a, you know, one point two, one point three mil. I think they're pretty set. These guys, you know, close to their thirties. But you know, I know what I was like in my twenties. I mean, I was always good. I bought. My, I was in real estate when I was when I was when I was younger, about 21, 22, But like, I still was spending a lot of money. You were. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know that. And I know what my mates were spending and they weren't investing like I was investing. And they didn't have all this kind of stuff and this knowledge and, and every everything or everything around them. So I worry about what's happening with these kids because when it comes to a complete halt, 
where's your income? And and rugby league is, you know, it's funny because the whole culture is I'm going to play harder, I'm going to drink yeah. harder, I'm going to spend harder. You know, all it's of just that. Extreme. It becomes, it's extreme. We are a bunch of extremists. Yeah. And it's and, I'm, and I was saying before off camera, it's like we can't, like if to be a rugby league player, there's got to be fucking something wrong with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just like you don't want, want to wake up every single morning. Hey, dog. There's shh. a dog. Shh. William, do you know what? We're isolating and that dog is clearly not isolating. <laughs> it's not is- isolate. Someone, but, someone's walking their dog late at night. And I just think, you know, like I know what these players are going to go through. Obviously, I don't personally, but I mean, as, 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 as a current player, and I'm just like, wow, I don't think I could be sitting at home. The only reason why I know that now is because I've been out of the rugby league bubble for about five years. But I know being in it, you don't know anything different but play. Eat, sleep, shit, football. Football, footy, footy, footy. Go and attack everything as hard as you can do it. And then all of a sudden it's taken away from you like right now. Like, please, I don't understand how these guys are sitting at home. That's why yeah. people are going out getting jobs and all this kind of stuff. It's like you cannot sit just – I mean, it's, it's great, as I said before, with the, with the bonuses about spending time with your family and everything like that. That's great. But these kids are built different. You know, like it's this – you know, you don't wake up every morning going, fuck, I want to just run – off a kickoff in state of origin. It's the most brutal shit you can do to your body. Mm. And your mentality is not the norm. It's not the normal mentality to have. So for these kids to be sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs, if you haven't got kids, which most of these players don't, you're sitting at home just going, what the fuck am I going to do? What am I doing? Like, you're going to take my money? You're going to do anything? That's why I think they can really play on that, not take it for advantage, but know that these players are willing to fucking play. They will play Anywhere, anytime. Like me, in in my two thousands, if I'm in this if I'm in this position right now, get me the, get me wherever I can play football and and hit someone I and think, tackle someone and, and, and just do will, anything. From from a mental health perspective, like these it's, blokes, I'm telling you, man, realistically, you're in you're in a team environment, and 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 sports teams are, it's. You know, it, it is a really close environment. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you can't train with your mates. It's it, it is a big thing yeah, for them, and uh, you know, it's a big thing for everyone. I, I miss my mates, and you know, but I was I was training with um the Fox, Josh Adokar. I said, "What's going on, bro?" I was down there with Roger Fabry, and we're doing some spring training. This and is obviously before the two. Yeah, I mean, it was like four days ago, and I said, "What's going on? Are you good? Are you good mentally and stuff?" He goes, "Yeah, man, I just miss the boys." Yeah. Like oh, I can I can feel that. Like if he said that's the average Joe, like they don't understand because they don't understand because you're not going to war every single fucking week with your mates. You know, it's just a different mentality that you have. You're built different. You don't you don't as I said, you don't wake up every morning going, yeah, I just want to. I can't wait to just just knock that guy flying off his off his feet or run at some guy and get f- potentially fucking flogged all all the time. He goes, I just miss the lads. I miss fucking around at training. I miss joking around. All that sort of clownery that I used to love as well. So I could really feel it. I could really feel what he was saying. I was like, yeah, I would too. You know, like that, that would kill me. Like if, you, if this was 2006 or seven, I'd be like, fuck, I just want to hang out with the boys and just joke around and do all the stuff, have a beer with them, joke around, you know, like talk about whatever happened on the weekend, all that kind of stuff. It's all done. So that's what I'm saying. You've got all these guys that, that, that are willing to play right now. There's the last place they want to be right now is isolated. You work so fucking hard in preseason to just be an animal for two thousand for twenty twenty, and you can't. So let's do your best, man. NRL should do their best and just do anything to get these kids back out there. Because I think it'd be some. It'd be they can cope if they can. You know, just probably take them about a month to get fit and then get it get along with it. 
It's something that's attainable. This is not something that I'm like going, this is impossible to do. Like even you, you'd be the first one to go, that can't happen. That can't happen. It can happen. I'll be following Willie more and more. Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie at the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 